put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandments. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings. Welcome, everybody. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let that star of David shine on your homes over Christmas, tomorrow, and the next day. We love the holidays. We love Hanukkah. We love celebrating everything the glory of heaven is doing Amen. over the earth. And we're going to ascend into a greater realm of glory during the holidays. It's a wonderful time to be alive in Christ. It's the time of the overcomers. It's the time of conquering all the works of the devil being conquered within your hearts. Anything the enemy's planted being uprooted, torn down, and thrown in the lake of fire. You're going from deliverance to deliverance, which means glory to glory. Obadiah 121, the deliverers will ascend. So wow. who's victorious during these days? Obadiah 121, only the ascenders. You've heard of the Avengers. These are the ascenders. Obadiah 121, the deliverers, the sons of God who saved the world during the end times are called the ascenders in Obadiah 121, and they are ascending Mount Zion, which is the Holy Spirit within. Mount Zion is the realm of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't come upon you. The Holy Spirit takes you into his world. The kingdom is the world of the Holy Spirit known as Mount Zion. And those who ascend the mountain of the Holy Spirit, which is Zion, will rule over the mountains of Esau. Now, what are the mountains of Esau in Obadiah 1? They are the seven mountains that are the prisons of all the fallen angels of the book of Revelation. Okay? There are seven mountains that are filled with all the demons. Okay? Jude says that all the demons were bound in chains awaiting everlasting judgment. Well, then why is there still such a mess on earth? Well, it's because those seven mountains rule over the earth. The word earth is Malkut, and this is the interesting part of this verse. Once we ascend Mount Zion, we rule over those seven mountains of demons of Esau, and Malkut will belong to yad heh <laughs> which means the earth currently does not belong to yad and the holy ones, the ascenders, who climb Zion, who obey the Holy Ghost and everything internally from the heart, with their mind and their body following their heart. Therefore, Malkut will belong to Yarevave only through ascension. <laughs> this is when the kingdom is restored to Israel. This is when Malkut is restored to Israel. So the, the apostles of the Lamb would ask Jesus Christ in the scriptures, when are you going to restore the kingdom, Hebrew Malkut, to Israel? Why would they ask such a question? You know, Christians usually don't ask questions like that because we have a different mindset. We need to be asking these questions. When will the earth be restored to the God-inside-minded ones? Amen? Which is Israel, the ones that are circumcised of heart. No one is a Israelite unless they are circumcised of heart. Romans 2, it's the foundation of Christianity. 
Therefore, circumcision is your entrance into the world of the Holy Spirit, which is the ascension of Mount Zion, which is each and every rung of Jacob's ladder or Israel's ladder. It is Israel alone's ladder. It's not like you get this Gentile Christian ladder or a Gentile Christian salvation. The Bible clearly says, Romans 11, the only salvation that exists for Gentile, Gentiles, non-Jews, is through being engrafted into Israel. Okay? Engrafted into the covenant that Jesus Christ made with Jacob. He is only Messiah of Jacob. Everything else out here that pretends to be salvation that's not through Jacob Israel, the man, is actually Edom, which is those seven mountains called Esau. They're even so bold, these Gentile Christians, of calling it a seven-mountain mandate. We need to it's climb so the seven glory. mountains. These are the mountains of Esau, and no wonder why they act the way they do, guys. This is hell. <laughs> God's not asking you to ascend the clippeth of hell and to become sorcerers and warlocks of Christianity, as some are teaching nowadays. He's saying, climb Mount Zion and rule over the mountains of Esau. Therefore, the earth, Malkut, will belong to Yadevave. Amen. And so much glory. And we just wish you a very Merry Christmas. And, you know, for those of you, if you're just wondering, you know, you wanted to get us something for Christmas, but you weren't able to or you couldn't think of, you know, what could I get the apostles for Christmas? You know, obviously supporting the vision financially is going to be the best gift possible, right? Because we were interested in building the kingdom of the Father. But on top of that, you know, that's just something that the Holy Spirit's probably already spoken to you about. But what can you get the apostles for Christmas? All I want, this is what I'm telling, yeah, this is what I'm telling you guys. All I want for Christmas is a bag of foreskins. I want to see. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is a bag of foreskins. Someone can type that in the comments. All I want for Christmas is a bag of foreskins. Now, what is that? That's not just a crude statement. It's a biblical statement. What does that mean? Metaphorically, it is the foreskins and the membrane of the rungs within you. So when you circumcise them, it that falls off and hence the bag of foreskins. And that is the picture in the Old Testament of, uh, you know, getting the wife or a new soul in the Old Testament. It cost a bag of Philistine foreskins so what does that mean for a new soul you're gonna have to show some circumcised foreskins of your own heart not somebody else's heart your own heart so if you're thinking of some way that you want to bless us let us know that you care that's wonderful but the best way you can do that is to get your heart circumcised and then present that like an offering and look i have my cosmic circumcision of malkut I got the next rung. That would be the happiest gift in the world that I could possibly Amen. receive right now. That's where the glory comes from. And nothing helps us more than a circumcised heart because the, all those foreskins and membranes over the potential of Christ in you. Okay, Christ comes in like a seed, First John says. The seed is not going to help us. Right. The growth and the germination and the fruitfulness 
which is the emitting of the Shekinah light of the Word of God through a person whose heart, their inner invisible man, is consecrated. That person emits Shekinah. Remember, God's kingdom is a kingdom of Shekinah. This is uh, 1 John 1, 5. Yad Vavhe is Shekinah. It is written, Yad Vavhe, God is light. God is Shekinah. Therefore, the only help of advancing God's kingdom is a person who emits the light of Shekinah. Everything else is darkness, guys. Everything else is selfishness, greed. The worst is those that come in the guise of Christianity, the guise of light, even maybe an external light. For there are one-third of the stars, which means sources of light that don't glorify the throne of the Lamb, and the Lamb's nature is very distant from them. These are all Esau. These are all seven mountain dwellers. These are riders of the beast, which is the human nature of the flesh, the carnal impulse of the flesh that still rules over the holy place of the spirit. As it's written, Edom will trample the holy place for time, times, and half a time, which means there will be a certain allocation of time for when the flesh that has all the things of God on it will rule over the holy place and those who live in it. There is a priesthood who live in the Spirit, who live in Zion, who live in that realm of glory through the circumcision of heart, which is allowing the Word of God to change their inner man. No one grows in God unless they embrace change. So that's the hardest thing to get people to do is to change because you're programmed in your DNA from your mom and dad with a beast programming. So the Word is fighting the beast, not in others, in you. And unless you embrace and face that change in you from beast to Christ, there is no cooperation with the Holy Spirit, no allegiance or loyalty or faithfulness to the Holy Spirit in our lives whatsoever, even if the outside things of God that we hear about are coming upon us. It's not okay for the things of God to come upon you in the new covenant. They need to come out of your belly like rivers constantly. That's the standard, John 7, 38. Out of your belly will flow the rivers of the heavenly Jerusalem. Out of your belly will flow the rivers and the giftings of Jesus Christ, King of Israel. Therefore, that's the standard, that constant emittance of Shekinah, which produces a covering over the earth that we can rule upon like a heavenly atmosphere or a dome. It says in Isaiah chapter 4 that they will be a covering dome and a protection of love from Hesed of, from the scorching heat. Therefore, this is the membrane removed and the Shekinah revealed. So those that can see in the spirit first see each other's spirit. It's not about just seeing spirits. It's about knowing each other after the Spirit. That's what true fellowship is written from the apostles of the Lamb in the New Testament. Therefore, if we are only knowing each other on the outside, commenting on the sunglasses, commenting on the clothing, commenting on the natural realm, just always looking into just the perishing out there in the Malkut, not really sacrificing the self-nature to rise in Christ, but judging by what you see and judging by what you hear through the animal soul. Let's talk about the embryo. Okay, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. When you were formed in your mother's womb, the first thing that was formed was your ears. So you first need to hear the Word of God. Later on, in the development of the embryo in the mother's womb, you begin to form eyes. So first you need to have ears that hear, then you have eyes that see. 
But if you don't develop by what? Hearing and the ability to hear what God is saying each and every day. Give us, give us our daily bread. Well, who can hear the daily bread? Or who's listening to bread from 20 years ago in the wilderness that turned to mold and maggots? If you are listening to Christian doctrine and the cloud has moved and God's not speaking that thing, but yet it's from the Bible, but it's something he said 10, 15, 20 years ago, you're eating maggots. You're literally eating mold. You're, you're eating death. Okay? Uh, Elijah said there's death in the pot, which is the old food. We need to get away from that old word and we need the fresh word from heaven today of what the Father's saying today. That's a really good New Year's resolution. So if someone wants to write that in the comments for a 2024 New Year's resolution to stop eating maggots, right? So that's a great uh, New Year's resolution. A lot of people want to lose weight. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's the truth anyhow. But the thing is, when you're a baby spirit, little embryo, or like a little baby in Christ, kids don't know what they're eating. They just grab stuff and they put it in their mouth. Have you ever seen that? Moms know. It's like, you're just trying to kill, or you're not trying to kill your kids. I know you're here repenting. All we've had for days <laughs> is this megadie I know you have the restraint. The orcs. Yeah, I know you have the restraint that you're not trying to kill your kids. I'm just saying, you're trying to keep them from killing themselves every 15 minutes. That's why you can't leave them alone. Because of the human nature, the fallen nature. So we're going to be raising kids in Zion instead. So that'll change. But until that's changed, again, you know, moms know kids go and reach and they grab stuff. They just put stuff in their mouth. They're just babies. That's what they do. But if it's maggots, why does a baby try to eat bugs or rocks? Or why does a baby try to just grab whatever? They'll eat shoe? worms. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I watched my brother one time. Uh, eat a, try to eat a turd in the, in the, in the front yard. <laughs> I just, Not okay. I just, <laughs> yeah. Well, next thing I know is I'm standing on the porch, looking at the clouds and trying to discern what type of clouds are in the sky. You know, I like to see where the puffy ones are, like the little wispy ones. And next thing I know, you know, my parents are out there filming, <laughs> like the filming, you know, the golden child, like. <laughs> Next thing I know is I'm just looking at the clouds and I hear, no, and they're yelling his name. No, don't eat it. And this I look parents, over. This is why you can't let your kids run your house. They'll literally eat, eat poop. Yeah. Next thing I know, they're, they're, the camera is not filming. They're yelling, no, no, don't eat it. And I look over. I'm like, what is going on over here? And then I see my brother pointing at the turd on the ground from the dog. Tootsie roll. <laughs> That is not candy. I was like, I don't know. I Anyway, I think that maybe had more interaction with the angels at the age, but I could tell that that was not what it was. And I was like a year and a half younger. Uh, I think it's just we have angels with us keeping us from eating turds. Well, you know? Revelation says God has prepared a feast for them. The marriage feast of the Lamb. So no eating maggots 2024. When we're eating that old Christian doctrine, the things that God is not speaking today and we're not following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, we're eating feces. Yeah, because you know, Rick Joyner, he went into that vision. He got caught up into heaven many times and he wrote books based on what he saw. He had all kinds of encounters. One of the things that he saw was that when the enemy, specifically, I believe these are the religious spirits, when they... Um, they defecate and urinate on believers and they think it's the anointing 
right? So Which was that the old word. Somebody tell. Preaching and teaching <laughs> the old word from yesterday that God's not speaking today. So it's, it's called urine and feces of demons. That ain't a Tootsie Roll. That's all I'm saying. 2024. Watch what you're eating in spiritual food. Now, why don't? Why do you think? Why do most people think that they would know? I would know if I was eating turds. I would know if I was eating maggots. You think you would know? Why don't most people realize? Because the foreskin has no discernment. That's right. There's no discernment in the foreskin. And on top of that, when you're a little spirit, you don't have your senses developed. So in the New Testament, we find this concept of developing the spiritual senses as a part of the growth and maturation. So you're growing and maturing to be able to discern the heavenly realm, not just to see spiritual things going on, because we've got all kinds of immature Christians serving Jezebel's tower who have visions, but they have a lot of lying visions that don't pass the test, right? There's no testing of the spirits, things like that. So what is it? what does it say in the word of God? It says, perceiving the invisible matters, the heavenly matters, and discerning what's good and what's, you know, what is evil. So you're able to discern and it's a process of maturity God brings you through and it is circumcision of those foreskins. And if you're just a baby spirit, you're in Malkut, if you even just align with the prophetic and the true apostolic, you will begin to discern because it all comes down. There's room for your growth as a baby, but just like a baby doesn't really know what they're eating, they're just grabbing stuff and putting it in their mouth. If your spirit is about the size of an embryo, how much discernment does an embryo have in the womb? Right? If your nose isn't even developed, like Brandon talked about, the ear develops first. At that point, you don't even have eyes. You might so your spirit, your inner man, is first a little baby light. It's like an like an egg. That's what we talk about, the egg. Mm-hmm. You know? It doesn't even have legs or eyes. You're gonna hatch. <laughs> and that's the word in, in uh, Greek. Yeah. It says the sperma. It's of even be before the embryo. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear, yeah, first, you're going to have the ear first. You know, at some point, you're going to grow up and be able to talk. That's much later on. You're not going to be able to speak those things of the spirit correctly and accurately because the part of you that's the inner child of light, the born again part of you, your spirit, man, that's not even talking about it being circumcised, just it even it being there. First of all, you're born again. And then growing your spirit. That's why you feed your spirit the word of God. A lot of people learn how to feed their flesh. You know they're in the McDonald's drive-thru and the Taco Bell drive-thru. Ordering pizzas. Getting snacks. We always make sure our body's fed. Because we feel our hunger in our stomach. Because why? When you were a kid, your parents, whether it was your foster parents. Or even if you grew up in an orphanage. Whether you grew up in a family, a good family or bad family. Even most bad families feed their kids food otherwise child protective services shows up right so most people will feed their child so they teach you wherever you grew up likely you were taught to eat food because otherwise you die (laughs) and so you need it to grow and nourish a growing child when the child's in developmental stage how important it is eating it's so important you make sure you eat and make sure they sleep That's what babies do. They eat, they sleep, they poop. (laughs) They eat, they sleep, they poop, right? They do other things too, but that's the majority of a baby's activities 
is eating and sleeping and pooping. And so when they're pooping, guess what? The diaper needs changed. So that spiritual infancy is very similar. Like the, the um, physical realm, shadows, the invisible realm. So when you're a little inner man of light, you could be a full-grown man or woman. But your inner man of light is just tiny. And even though you might have starved your spirit since the day you were born again, your baby, your inner baby, right? your little child of light, remember the little gingerbread man of light inside of you? You may have been starving it to death, and the only reason you're even still alive in spirit is the grace and mercy of God, because it's harder to kill a child of light than a physical baby. If you don't feed a physical baby, I mean, they'll die in days, they'll die in weeks, right? They just won't survive. But these babies are made of a different kind of substance that's much tougher, really hardy. It can survive in there, in, the, in your spiritual womb, even without being fed for 20 years, you know? It's amazing. It's a miracle. God stains you. So that way, you know, you die, you go to heaven, just a little tiny spirit. And you got to start all over when you go to heaven because you never learned. You never grew your spirit. So that's why we say put your hand on your spirit and you read the word of God. How did you start? How can you? Well, I read the Bible. You can read the Bible for 40 years and not one drop of that food gets to that baby, that inner man of light. How? You gave it to the brain instead and that serpent devoured the child's food. Or you gave it to that witch in the heart. Mm -hmm. And she took the baby's food. She's drunk on blood. She's drunk on Christian's hearts. That means when you read the Bible and it was for your brain. And what you knowledge of what you think you know. Or your heart. How you feel and feel the presence of God. And I need to feel, feel, feel. Oh, I can't believe they did it to me. Uh, any feeling, emotion led of Gevra that's unsanctified, uncircumcised. I feel a fire right there right now. Steals the manna from the child and that's the murdering of the inner man many of you have been murdered in your spirit whether it was from hunters praying witchcraft prayers demons coming after you since you were born and then even your own self nature being murdered by yourself through what neglect child you are guilty no you're you're innocent we're declaring you innocent it's child neglect the neglect of your inner spirit man so you've got to give yourself the freedom and the grace to get out of your head and get out of your heart and go deeper. Go into the spirit. And when you read the word of God, Bible Spa, put your hand right here. You need to bulk up your spirit and start feeding it so it can grow. And then when it grows to the size of at least your body, then you might be ready for the cosmic realm if you receive circumcision. First step after born again is awakening Shekinah in your stomachs. Less than 1% of believers have ever done it. It's called Colossians 1.27, Christ in you the glory, which is the Shekinah. If the Messiah's Shekinah is not awakened yet in your stomach, ascension is not even possible. That is the first step after believing, is awakening Shekinah, then learning how to live in the Shekinah, how to live in the cloud. Israel had to follow the cloud for 40 years. They didn't know how to do anything other than to follow. Guys, that is the first step, is following the Shekinah glory cloud. And those that are talking in communion, communing with the Messiah who sits upon the cloud, Revelation 14, 14, I saw one like a son of man sitting on a cloud wearing a gold crown. That's the king of Israel. Where is Jesus? He's the rider of the glory cloud. This cloud moves. It's moving your inner man into the ladder, into the place of Shekinah. We talked about the senses and the food. 
Hebrews 5.4, but solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. It's the discernment of spirit. It only comes by eating the daily bread. Why is it called daily bread and not yesterday bread or last month's bread? Because we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. You have to learn to eat what the Father is saying today. The Holy Spirit will fill you with what he wants you to grow in each day if you're connected wow. to the Shekinah in your stomach. Uh, the Lord of the Rings fan base can correct me, but isn't that what he said? Three days. Isn't that prophetic? Three days of nothing but maggoty bread. And that's the... You talk about he rising on the third day. That's the prophecy for the seventh, the third day, the seventh day. I don't know if anyone remembers that those prophecies, but it's about the sun rising, Jesus Christ rising on the inside of you on the third day, and that's kind of the time that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, burning all those orcs. It's just burning all the magic spells, which are foreskins and membranes of the seven mountains of the demons already bound in chains. The issue is you got to get off those mountains of foreskins and membranes of Esau and Edom, which is all soulish Christianity, which wastes all the days of your life, all the finances of your of your income. All of it is yep. wasted on Satan. And I think that's the most astonishing thing to Christians of this generation is how much Esau, Edom, and Samael and the fallen angels have counterfeited the whole charismatic kingdom of heaven to the point where even so-called prophetic leaders are teaching about ascending those seven mountains. The only seven mountains in the Bible are the prisons of the fallen angels. We need Holy Spirit Mountain that is only obtained through circumcisions and the removal of those mountains, as Jesus Christ said, and casting them into the sea. This is how we grow in the glory. What is the function and the purpose of the light of God to destroy the works of the devil? For the Son of God is manifesting to destroy the works of the devil. So what does the devil do? He comes as the Holy Spirit. He comes as a pretender, a play actor, a wannabe, a hypocrite of Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. Just like those liars that were in the promised land when J uh, Joshua and Caleb went in there and they said, oh, we're, we're meant to be here, we're blah, blah, blah. It's okay that we're here. And they made a covenant with them that they could live in the land. That's the Palestinians and the Philistines to this very day, giving the demons permission to be in your life. I tell you the truth. It's time to go back to the sword. It's time to go back to Joshua sword and claim Canaan as entirely ours during these days. And I'm talking about the promised land of the heart. I'm talking about the promised land of the sapphire stones. <clears throat> the mind of Christ is the promised land. It's the very throne of Jesus. It will dwell in the center of your heart and in the center of your mind. There is Shekinah that is dormant in your bodies right now that the daily bread, when you learn how to digest it into your spiritual stomach, into that God sperm seed in you mm -hmm. that will begin to magnify a new light, a fresh glory that will give you vision and purpose, mm -hmm. eyes that see, ears that hear what God the Father is doing during these days so that you won't attack the apostolic, but you'll participate in advance right. God's kingdom with his Moses and Aaron leadership in Jesus' name. Amen. All of that breakthrough that you're waiting for is literally just finding the way for you to get the word, whether it's the Bible or the RLM TV live past your brain through past the heart that's the hard one especially i think for women i think the men struggle a little bit more with the head that's why it seems like it, sometimes the women have it a little bit easier to be more spiritual right because all women naturally have a connection to shekinah because they have a matrix they have a womb that's shekinah so because women are meant to be like a shekinah 
you're supposed to be a picture of Shekinah. Right? Ideally, you're supposed to be a daughter of seven, seven souls, living a holy life, and birthing through your womb, whether it's your life or your household and what you do, or even if you have like physical babies, you're supposed to be birthing, you know, those born in Zion, a holy, uh, righteous offspring, because that's what God desires is righteous offspring. Now, whether your offspring comes from your spiritual womb or your natural room, he wants it to be righteous. That's what God cares about. Righteous offspring. There you go. Some activity, angelic activity over here on that. So what's the, what's the issue for men? A lot of times it's easier to see the dullness because of the stubbornness, the dullness, right? The, the, the male kind of pride. Hardness of mind yeah, and hardness kind of, of heart. Kind of a stone. I was listening to one of um, Apostle Shadrach's videos and he was kind of making fun of, you know, mankind in general, like the ma the male side. He's like, we're just born with like a, a head of stone. That's what he said. You got to get through that rock. But then for women, you're naturally more spiritual, but there's also, uh, it's easier to get into witchcraft if you're in the feminine and you're just more naturally spiritual because the heart is deceitful above all things. So guess what? Even though you might not have that same kind of, you know, you still have to get past the stony head. It might be easier for you as a woman, but then you've got a whole opportunity to be a real witch as a Christian with your own emotions and how people make you feel and your reactions to how people make you feel instead of living the crucified life. This is something that will save your souls. If you can understand that we cannot pay any attention to the heart feelings and emotions because that is not the source of a Christian's feelings. That's the source of the foreskin and membrane that will always lead you astray, that will always Demon lead feelings. you into offense, that is being kind and considerate to hell. Because the heart is the place of the constant altar of burning of the animal, of the beast, of the human DNA. We go deeper. Our feelings and emotions have to be anchored in the Shekinah glory of Messiah in our stomachs. If our feelings and emotions, this is one of the mysteries of Revelation. It says that Jezebel, your arch enemy, is drunk on the blood of the saints. Okay, what is blood? She's drunk on the feelings and emotions of the saints. I've been doing this thing almost 20 years. That's where they get them. They get their feelings and emotions, all kinds of messed up, offended. They get, they get some kind of uh, magic spell right on their feelings and emotions where it's like, no, I can't, I can't receive from Brandon or Rebecca anymore because a magic spell of Satan took control in your feelings and emotions because you cannot take your feelings and emotions from your heart, but only from the heart of God. My life or my heart is not my own. The life I now live is from the heart of Jesus. It is written. Therefore, until we have our feelings and emotions anchored in Shekinah, that is going to be the place of temptation for all women and all men, too. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. Well, whose heart are you thinking in? If it's yours, it's Satan. You don't, you don't think from your heart. Your heart is not your own anymore, it is written. That's why it says, remember first love, which means reconnect to the heart of Jesus. Reconnect to Shekinah. Yep. And, and for those who are just starting to get God inside minded, it's not going to be up here and it's not going to be in here. It's going to be down in your spirit belly and your man. That's where you're born again. The, the Malkut of heaven within you is in there in your spirit man. So you got to get past offense, at, you know, offense at teaching, offense at the word of God or any kind of thing like that. So you want to feed 
that little child of light. That's what it means when we're talking about birthing the divine child. How are you saved? How do you continue to grow in a greater salvation? He says to receive a much greater salvation. You're going glory to glory. What is glory to glory? What is, what is salvation to salvation? A greater salvation? Well, when you're on Malkut, it begins with that little tiny bit of light. That's your renewed um, mind, your inner man. It's way down in there, buried under the dust and the dirt of the earth because it was planted like a seed in the ground. It has to die first, so it's down in there. Well, guess what? Now you have to die here and here. You're not going to like how it sounds sometimes. You're not going to like how it always feels. But if you can deny yourself, right, did it God come from God or did it come from man? Right? If it, if it came from God, it's from God. If it's from man, it's from Satan. Right? So you got to deny yourself and your opinions about the Bible, what you think you've learned already, and your own interpretation, how you feel and your reactions, whether positive or negative. Positive emotions will lead you astray, so will negative emotions. That's so true. <laughs> So when you're learning righteousness, it's best just to stick to that straight and narrow. I just want whatever God is saying. So understand, you cannot, if you don't have circumcision, you cannot trust how you feel and what you think and what you think you know from what you have learned in your brain. It goes against your nat. Okay. When animals act against their instinct, people notice, right? Why? The instinct of an animal soul is very strong. Like any animal regular soul out in the wild, if you go close to it, it runs away. Why? Animal instinct. So what's the creaturely soul part of us when we're not God inside minded yet, when we don't have circumcisions? Guess what? It's all animal instinct. That means the instinct to reproduce and survive. Survive means fight. Uh, reproduce, we know what that means, right? Those, All those temptations come from animal instinct. And so, like, oh, my instinct. The impulse of the flesh is your carnal instinct. You might have the instinct to think, no, that can't be right, because I remember blah, blah, blah. And then you think you know, well, that happened that one time, and then I lost the money, and then it didn't work, so I know that doesn't really work. You know, like a lot of, uh, you know. And they're like the oh well I got hurt before and it just I can't Past I can never really get that close because they were anchored anytime in I'm close to leader anytime I have leadership in my life and blah 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 this happened well yeah because you were under the tower of Jezebel it's different this time because it's not the tower of Jezebel the only thing good happening in Edom is leaving it exactly so you have to understand it goes against instinct of the carnal mind and the carnal soul to follow the spirit. But again, if you can deny yourself and pick up your cross, you can feed your inner man and start to put your mind and your thoughts and your feelings in that little baby of light. Well, guess what? That's where the light of Christ is, the hope of your salvation, realizing the glory of Christ within you. Within, He's in your inner man. So what does it mean to birth the divine child? It's the growing of that inner man in your spiritual womb. And your inner man is going to be in your spirit womb, in your belly, in your spirit womb. Right? So some of you males, some of you guys are about to be pregnant with Jesus, just like Mary. But you're not birthing, you know, you're not birthing a physical child. You are birthing Messiah. Born again, you're an androgynous 
Male and female don't exist in Christ. Messiah has both male and female in him, but it's pure Shekinah, which is understanding the angelic nature of God. Right, because when Christ is formed in you, the weaknesses of female nefesh, male nefesh, all that soulish, fallen human nature of Adam and Eve after the fall, that doesn't exist in Christ. All of your weaknesses that you had previous turn into strengths. So be encouraged, you know? So if you, you know, men, if they have that stone mind, guess what? Your mind is going to be brilliant, like a ray of sunshine. The renewed mind From stone in the male, gemstone. it's going to be like the primordial light of wisdom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's really glorious. A crown of glory. <laughs> A mind that emits Shekinah light <laughs> constantly. So be encouraged in this holiday season, we are talking about the birth of Jesus, but not just in a historical way. Yes, that too, we're celebrating that, but we want to celebrate him being birthed in you. Well, they follow the star to find the divine child, which is climbing the Sephirot to find Messiah on his throne. Hallelujah. The Amen. story of Christmas is elevating this season because all of you are birthing the Messiah by following the star, which are called the wise men. What made them wise? They could climb the Sephirot to find Messiah, creator of heaven and earth. Yep, it was e It's easy <laughs> to know who Messiah is below when you know him above as a star. They saw his star rising in the east. And what's the first law of the luminaries in the book of Enoch? That the sun of righteousness rises in the portal in the east and uh, a lot of jewish sages believe those wise men which were eastern kings had great kabbalah from prophet daniel daniel was very very wise it is written daniel's wisdom in babylon destroyed babylon and destroyed the king of sorceries of babylon and witchcraft nebuchadnezzar with his wisdom his holiness his purity his excellence but his teaching and understanding is so kabbalistic and so wise that's where they think the wise men in the East got all of their training. When Daniel was in exile, he taught that wisdom, he scribed that wisdom, and shared it with the East. You know, the book of Daniel is the only book in the Bible written in the Babylonian language. It was written in Chaldean. Every other book of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew except Daniel. So that means it was way out East. So that's where we think that all those Eastern kings got such great wisdom. They got great Kabbalah from Daniel. And therefore, they practiced it faithfully for generation after generation, about 500 years, 550 years or so, until they could use that wisdom. And what is wisdom? It's using teaching to discover God. That's what made them wise men. Yep. We need wisdom and we need righteousness. Do you want to uh, dive in? I think. Yeah. I want you because we want you guys to see Christmas maybe for the first time in your life in the reality of you birthing messiah and knowing him within you and him as the that star that came into our world to teach us wisdom and righteousness so i was reading this earlier this week and this is so special luke chapter 2 is my favorite rendition of the christmas story now in those days a decree went out from the emperor caesar augustus that all the inhabited world the roman empire should be registered in a census this was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor in Syria, and everyone went to register for the census, each to his own city. So Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, 
which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was with child. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no private room for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And I want to give just a little revelation about these shepherds. Why did he appear to the shepherds? The shepherds of Bethlehem would raise the lambs that would be sacrificed by the high priest every year on uh, the Day of Atonement. which They'd take an unblemished, spotless lamb from the shepherds, the sheepfold of, the, of Bethlehem, and they would sacrifice it and sprinkle it in the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem. So the angels were declaring, we're not going to do that anymore. We have now the Messiah who is the true lamb. Isn't that good? That's the, the history of why the angels appeared to the shepherds. We're not raising the lambs anymore for the Holy of Holies of, of Herod or Solomon's temple. Mm-hmm. Now we have the Lamb of God. Wow, Here's the so Mashiach. Good. The angel of the Lord suddenly stood before the shepherds and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone round about them and they were terribly frightened. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news, the gospel of great joy, which will be for all the people. For this day, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And this will be a sign for you, by which you will recognize him. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Then suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, an angelic army. In the Amplified Classic, it says, a knighthood, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying one to another, let us go straight to Bethlehem. And see this wonderful thing that has appeared, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were astounded and wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, giving careful thought to them and pondering them In her heart, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Amen. Merry Christmas. Amen. That's so nice. And then we just have a fun little Christmas gift for the scholars here. We're just going to look at some fun, super Kabbalistic, expialidocious, wonderful, (laughs) wonderful things. I think it would be nice. To look at some pictures. I'm going to get burn up all day today. It's just been wonderful. A wonderful day of scribing. A wonderful day of getting completely roasted. I'm just going to look at that new earth spinning for a while. New earth is, is like the manger. You know what's interesting? I was just studying Bethlehem on accident the other night. Just, You know, I'm looking up all kinds of verses in uh, the Hebrew. And I just came across it in my studies. 
that Bethlehem literally means the house of bread. And I'm sure someone's probably already seen that before. But when I say I saw it, I literally saw it looked like baby Jesus, like a loaf of bread, in that manger as the manna that came down from heaven. And, you know, I'm sure if you're still in earthly Christianity, it's probably like, you know, so what? Who cares? Well, if you know Bet, you understand. Bina, the house, Bet. Bereshit bara Elohim et. And the house of wisdom. Standing every day at the gate, waiting for a word from wisdom. She brings her food from afar. Where does that manna storehouse come from? What river of Hakma fills the palaces? of the house of bread and how did that bread come down into the earth when you contemplate these things that most believers take for granted as study and revelation it all becomes brand new when you contemplate it on the sapphire stones because it's much deeper deeper and wider than the ocean higher than the heavens Farther than the east is from the west. That is his love for you. Amen. So, with that, let's grab some of my notes here. Again, this is a gift just for those of you who are scholars or you're interested in these things. What better gift can we give than revelations? and teaching and training in righteousness. Now, when it comes to the Sephirot, the sapphire stones, derived from the original four, we are talking about these four concepts that derive from the original four, Hased, Gevra, Tiferet, and Yasad. Looking at the Sephirot and how dimensions are created. We talk about dimensions, we talk about realms. Whew. It's already really intense glory in the inside of my body. Sometimes it's hard to talk about these things, but we're going to look at these anyway. And yeah, we're just getting burned up. So once we talked about relationship through Shekinah, but when we're talking about these four concepts, Hased, Gevra, Tiferet, and Yasad, once the concept of relationship has been introduced, these four concepts are no longer merely abstract points in conceptual space. They are connected by the concept of relationship, right? I don't know how many people have caught onto this going through the master class or how many times you've gone through, but you'll notice there is a thread of the gathering of the stones of righteousness. There is a, a, a connecting of them, a gathering of them together. So when you go up, so as I was in the sun, 
Not only was I in Tiferet, but I could still see myself standing on the moon inside of the sun. So that they all work together as one. Again, these are some of these are abstract or spiritual concepts, but for those of you who are conquering worlds, it'll be important for you to have a basic grasp and understanding of these things. Just like when you go and make the jump from Hesed to Bina. And then you prepare to go across. <laughs> I'm just dying over here. Just give me a second. When you attempt to go <laughs> across to Hakma, <laughs> you'll see Tiferet. <laughs> Rises and burns up through Da'at. Killing the bull of Yom Kippur. It was the lamb for Passover. <laughs> Just a correction there. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's good. And the, yeah, lay hold of the horns of the altar of the sun. Amen. What a sacrifice. So, understanding that there are some of these other concepts that come into play. The longer you are in the heavenly realms, the more you go up. You start to understand through experience. So we're talking about the connection of relationship with these four. So these two pairs, Hesed, Gevra, and Tiferet, Yasad, are like two crossing lines, right? You can see that. You can use your imagination to picture the Sephirot right now, where Hesed and Gevra are across from each other. And Tiferet, that's the, you know, uh, that's uh, the sun and the moon there, which represents Jacob and Rachel. <coughs> They're like two crossing lines. This yields four directions in a two-dimensional continuum. These two dimensions can be represented in physical space. The Tiferet-Yasad axis can represent east and west, which we've looked at that in the master class. There's a little nice diagram here for you. So while that has said, Gevra axis can represent south and north. Again, Abraham, we know Abraham is the patriarch of Hesed. In the Bible, it says, Abraham rose early in the morning. Abraham, loving kindness, those are things associated with him. And then that early in the morning, we're talking about the light of the first day of creation is also Hesed. So you understand, it goes, these things go not all the way back just to Abraham, but all the way back to like the original ten utterances and throughout all times and all eternity and ages upon ages, you know, the Sephirot, they come through the body of Christ. So when you're talking about the sapphire stone body of Christ, Jesus Christ endures forever. His word endures forever. So these things, we can take them very shallow as in like, look at a map, east and west. Look at a map, you know, north and south. And that, there's revelation there. But you can go all the way back to the original ten utterances, and there is revelation there as well. So, so nice. Doesn't that remind you of math class a little bit? You remember these diagrams? So this then yields a two-dimensional continuum. So again, that's two dimensions, east and west, and uh, north and south. Alright, there's a nice picture if you want to save that. And it's good to kind of have it burned into your mind, even if you don't understand it. 
until later on it's good to have these things because parts of your soul and parts of your spirit it's going to benefit you whether your brain understands it or not right okay or whether this graph fails to give you heart flutters of daddy's love for you it's still going to benefit your eternal you know your eternal spirit right yeah well divine wisdom is certainly not for the animal except to kill it right so sometimes people kind of like the now that's what i call jezebel worship you know 2020 you know albums because they get the heart flutters they get the feels and i feel blah 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 but it's not really doing them any benefit um i forget what the angels call it they call it urine sucking right so when you get into what like um jezebelic worship it doesn't mean that you can't worship god fervently you should but if you're getting into jezebelic worship that's called uh, in the angelic way of saying that the best i can say in english is urine sucking or suckling and so you don't want to be doing that so how are you going to avoid that you're going to learn righteousness amen all right so the cause effect or keter malkut relationship is that which is primary this is represented by the tiferet yasad axis right we're talking about keter malkut so keter malkut that's that middle pillar so if you just draw a line right through the page from top to bottom and right in there in the middle you'll see the connection of keter and tiferet and yasad and malkut so by the time something starts in keter that's the cause and the effect you find out later it comes down into the earth depending on which sephirot the lightning impulse came from if it came from satan but looks like perfection the outcome will be bad fruit whether it's revealed initially or later on because remember it looked like good fruit and this is the fulfillment of the verse in the gospel that says nathaniel you will see angels descending on the son of man this is how the things of god the thoughts of god the angelic of god descends from god's throne to earth amen mm, this is so fun i love this kind of stuff so we're talking about the relationship and the concept of a relationship in different dimensional continuums here which is fun and then again cause and effect keter and malkut and then we have east and west so tifrit and Yasad, and so you can kind of reference to this as well when you're studying the book of Enoch. That's really fun when it's talking about the portals in the east and the west, or you know, the ending of a matter, the beginning of a matter. So you can get wisdom. There you go. Let's see how that works. Every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of lights in heaven. Right? His intentions, his will, his cutter toward you is good, it's for good. Like his thoughts toward you, his plans for you are good. And uh, so we just want to obey. He chastises and corrects us because he wants us to be aligned to receive the good things he wants to give us. He wants to give you good things. But again, you're not going to give a car and the keys to a little baby who's probably going to crash, you know, and, and kill themselves. You're going to discipline them and... Make sure, you know, they know not to eat 
um, feces when they're playing in the front yard before they learn how to drive, right? There is an order of righteousness. First, we stop eating maggots. Then maybe we can help mom in the kitchen baking bread, right? So true. You train them in good food and good drink. Then you train them in the good religion of obedience to the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we learn how things work. So the thesis-antithesis relationship is introduced to make the cause-effect relationship possible. So the thesis-antithesis, or hakma-bina, relationship is secondary. So primary is that uh, the east and west, you're talking about, you know, Keter, Malkut, Tiferet. You saw that's the primary part. That's why a lot of you who are rising, you like the center pillar the best out of the whole Sephirot, because it's balanced, right? You get... You get from both sides, you balance in between them. That's why most people like all the center pillar the best. I mean, we love all the Sephirot, all of the holy ones. Um, but, you know, we're tending to notice that a lot of people, their favorite is the middle. That's because it's the primary thing, okay? All right, so cause and effect. And then we have thesis and antithesis. Don't worry if these are really big words. Just take a screenshot. You can Google them later or write it in your notes later. The key is to not worry about it because, again, there's no need to worry about it because it's not actually really for your brain. It's for your spirit, and your spirit man understands this kind of stuff. This is represented by the Hesed Gevra axis. Here we go. What are we looking at here? Yeah, so that thesis and antithesis of Hakma and Bina... That's that same axis of the south and the north of Hesed and Gevra. Why? Because look, again, you can see it's that same kind of direction. So just like the middle pillar up and down, you'll see, you know, or, you know, I'm not going to say up and down because we're getting something else for that later, but cause and effect, east and west, they're in the middle pillar. And so you'll have that kind of a line there and you'll see how Bina is right above Gevra. And Hakma and the Sephirot is right above Hesed. So you'll find, like, uh, for instance, his loving kindness that lasts forever. Loving kindness is Hesed. Where does it come from? It comes from wisdom. Wow. So we're like, all loving kindness stems from wisdom. And all wisdom, it is written, comes down. That's pure and perfect. That comes down from above. All true wisdom is purity. So you can see that wisdom only comes from purity. And loving kindness can only come from purity and wisdom. So that's how you can discern false love. If the false love didn't come from perfection of purity and a true intent. The intention is good. It's pure intention, pure cutter. And that's where Hakma comes out of. That loving kindness must be pure wisdom and perfect purity. Otherwise, that's measurements of false love. Now you want to be able to navigate the cosmos and navigate your life, you know, with wisdom. Again, we'll see that that east and west is the primary dimension, while Hesed Gevra axis is the secondary dimension. And we'll find out more about that probably shortly. So these in turn form a new third dimension, which can be related to the up-down direction. This is the axis linking Netzach Victory and Hod Splendor. So that's Netza and Hod Victory and splendor up and down now we're getting back to math class here the six directions in space so now we have established tifra yasad 
And Hassad Gevra. There's a reason why we've been talking about keys to the car. Illusion. Allegory. Does anyone get it yet? You can put it in the comments if you understand where we're going. Hod and Netza. So we have the six directions in space. Now, uh, Brandon's spirit was kind of this week hinting that we would go here in the spirit soon because... He talked about number, and he talked about communication. There is letter, there is number, and there is communication. And all three of those words mean... They sound somewhat similar in the Hebrew. So we might get back to that in a little bit, but understand this has been going on in the spirit. If opposites exist, similarities must also exist. This is... Uh, thesis and antithesis. So, if opposites exist, similarities must also exist. Similarity is hakma, that's, you know, thesis, while oppositeness is bina. These are the yad and the initial hey of the tetragrammaton, right? Yad, hey, vav, hey, yav, yad, wisdom, hakma, and that first hey, the upper hey, is bina. Or if you have souls and you're rising in circumcision, that's your chaya, soul, and your nishama, soul. These are the functions of your souls. How are you going to drive a multi-dimensional vehicle? You will need multiple souls to do it. Right? Imagine flying a very complicated aircraft. How many people does it take? You have to have at least a co-pilot, right? In certain planes, you have to at least have a co-pilot. If you have seven of you, that's enough, you know, you're, like, when you first get into Tiferet, there's a driving of, like, an Ophanim-style mini-chariot that you get. For those of you who don't know, surprise, happy birthday, God's get, you know, here's a new, what, what's the kind of cool car that people would like when they're 16 to get? A uh, Porsche 911 Turbo. Right, here's your new Porsche 911 Turbo, here you go. Cherry red, of Happy course. birthday and Merry Christmas. My son, in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> and so you learn how to drive that chariot of the sun. That's kind of your first experience of, uh, you know, driving in the spirit. So when you start to have more souls, when we're talking about the actual chariot, the Sephiroth is a chariot. Your inner workings of a dimension, like the dimensional, multidimensional being, you're a chariot, Right. And we talk about, you know, Apostle Shadrach, they, sometimes they call him the chariot of fire. Well, they're prophesying when he goes up in the Sephirot, be activating his own chariot. Like, you all have your own Merkaba design within you. It's just not activated. It's not gifted yet. The father, You can enjoy being in the Father's chariot. Uh, the Son chariot, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's like my main chariot is the Son chariot, right? Tiferet. That's what it means. To be Tiferet of a generation. There's so many mysteries in here. But we want to keep going here. <clears throat> because this is how you drive. Learn to drive the car. Essentially. And to drive a car. Remember. You need to already have stopped eating feces. Bare minimum. But it's going to take more than that. Again 2024. We're not eating maggots. We're not eating moldy bread. We're not going back to old church age revelation. We're not looking at. You know the external. Like why are people wearing sunglasses. 
why are people not wearing sunglasses? Why are people dressing this way? Gemstone food of the angels of Jesus Christ in the heavenlies. Well, what about this? Why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? You know what? There's a lot of things going on in the earth right now, but the only thing that we are going to be doing and focusing on is what the Father has us doing. So I don't want to hear it from anybody. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? My question for you is why have you not been able to hear the voice of the Father at all that you're so dull in your hearing and you can't hear the Lord? Because everyone around us who can hear the Lord, he's told them and shown them the plan. So the fact that you're asking that question, you don't know his voice. So you don't need to be questioning the apostles who already have many, many witnesses, both in the earth and in the heavens. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why are you doing this? And it's time for you to be still and be quiet before the Lord until you hear him. And then, you know, maybe there can be some kind of a conversation or you could add to it. But it's just, it's not going to happen. That there's no church age Jezebelic witchcraft that's going to come against the plans of the Father because he's not putting up with it anymore. Okay, so anyway, that's just a nice notice disclaimer. You got to put the demons on notice sometimes that... It's just not going to happen anymore because we have finally, finally found a people, a remnant that is willing to sacrifice their own selfish nature and rise in Christ. I feel fire burning right now at those words. There are some of you, you have decided to follow Jesus for real into the cosmos through the sacrificial nature and the love of Christ. And so that's an exciting time that we're living in. So here we go. How to learn how to drive the car. If opposites exist, similarities must also exist. Similarity is Hakma, while oppositeness is Bina. These are the Yud and the initial He of the Tretragrammaton. Again, it all goes back to his name. If you abide in him, in his word, his word is written on sapphire stones, abides in you. That's when you ask anything and he gives it to you because your intentions are pure and your will is his will. Instead of you praying your own will, which is witchcraft prayer, you finally learn his ways and his will and his wisdom. And now you're praying the will of God. So now that you're aligned with the will of God, your prayers are starting to get answered. And this is the way things work. And it always goes back to his name, in his name, which is Y-H-V-H, the angel of the Lord. Six directions in space. That's where that's going to go on here. Similarity and oppositeness. Once similarity and opposition exist, another concept comes into being, namely relationship. In philosophic terms, this is the synthesis between thesis and antithesis. In our present terminology, this is the vav of the tetragrammaton. The word vav means a hook or a shepherd's staff, and the letter Vav as a prefix means and. I tend to think of it sometimes, uh, when I'm thinking in this way, of a large paperclip. <laughs> I know it's probably a, a really poor uh, allegory there, but it helps me remember connection, right? Connection to Shekinah, Shekinah below and above. You know, I worked in so many offices, you just grab a nice big paper clip, there it is, exactly what I need, just put it together. And it connects the word of God to your life. Alright. 
So in the letter Vav as a prefix means and, in both senses it denotes connection and relationship. So when you're talking about Vav, that's connection and relationship, right? If you're driving the car, there's got to be the spark plugs working. If the spark plug's not working, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> if you turn the key and the engine doesn't turn over and the car doesn't start, you're not going anywhere. You're staying right there, <laughs> right? You're probably calling dad to come help fix the car. And for a lot of us, that's exactly what we need is we need dad to come help and help us fix the car. And so oftentimes, what does a good dad do? He might fix it for you, but more likely he's going to say, you know, come here, son. You can come back just for a second. More than likely, he's going to say, why don't you come here, son? Look, here's the car manual. Because <laughs> he's a good dad, right? You know, when my dad, when I asked him, I was like, I, dad, I need my oil change. You know, he said, why don't you come here? You know, this is how to change your oil, your own oil. <laughs> change your own oil. <laughs> I said, what's going on with the car? We looked at it. He's like, it needs some new spark plugs. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what that is. All right, you're going to learn how to change your spark plugs. Come on, Lena, let's go. Sometimes the father is just going to do it for you. But oftentimes, because, again, he's a good father, he's going to say, here's your manual, how to have connection and relationship to Shekinah. Here's the word of God. Here's the book of Enoch. Look, I even have, here's a couple people walking in it. And they're going to tell you, even on top of that, you know, how to do it. And so now then you're going to do it. And then you're going to have a fun time of doing it with your father. He's not just going to abandon you and leave you to do it by yourself without knowing how. But if you listen and you obey and you stay in the father's house, you don't go out. Right? You stay within the kingdom walls, the city gates. He's going to do it with you. It's fun to have a good project with your dad. It's a bonding activity. So at this point in the logical sequence, we have five concepts, cause and effect, similarity and opposition and relationship. These are respectively Keter and Malkut, Hakma and Bina and the Vav. And the Vav, if you remember, is technically that is all of Hesed, Gevra, Tifret, Netzah, Hod, and Yisad. So it is actually one, but you're dealing and learning in dimensions of glory, right? And honestly, if you memorize all of this, it's not really going to do you any good in your brain, but it's a spiritual reality. And if you are a seer on sapphire stones, it's an activation. First Enoch 81.1. Enoch, I command you to study each of the heavenly tablets. These are them. Amen. He commanded him to study and Enoch gave a command. He said, love righteousness. When he told his son, hey, here's all my book. Make sure it lasts for generations. You make sure you have it, you know, write down anything I say. And the command was to love righteousness. So study the sapphire stones and love righteousness are the commands. So Vav is the connection relationship. Fire rose Vav. I said, Gever to Fret, Hod, and Yisad. And I just kind of put the buttons here so you can kind of see them. For those of you, uh, you're walking in cosmic righteousness. Just kind of, you can feel where those are in your spirit. 
so you can kind of start to get the hang of it and how to move around. All right. And there we have it up and down. So you have all the different dimensions. Now also, Hakma also means past. So it's thesis and antithesis, but it's also past and future. And so that dimension is uh, dealing with time. And it was not long after learning about this praying about this, getting activation in this, that we just had that um, post recently. I got taken into heaven this week. Not last, was it not last night, but the night before? And there were many timelines still possible, like as possibilities in the earth. And there have been many specific actions and prayers by the people who are walking in cosmic righteousness. Very specific key things came together to deal with the past and the future and now only one timeline remains and that is the highest timeline and that is wonderful. So just understanding for apostolic history uh, recording and things like that. This was um, something learned like just prior to that happening, which I find interesting. Beginning and end, question mark. Then you'll see the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, the song of Moses and the Lamb. And so, future and past, someone might be like, time travel. Well, you know, we are going, there's going to be a breaking of time, but yes, as far as like your multi-dimensional vehicle, how do you think Metatron showed up on the top of the mountain to watch things go down with Moses as he was Metatron? How do you know, if you're in eternity outside of time, how do you enter time to interact? Right, when John Paul Jackson was taken back to King David's time to be a witness. How is it possible that there was a vehicle in the spirit that could transport him to that specific point in time? It's called angelic technology and it works and it's powered by the spirit. And uh, yeah, this is Hakma Bina, I understand the nut garden. And uh, I brought my snack here. I was so inspired by these delicious peanuts. They're really wonderful. Uh, they had them at the grocery store called Aurora, so I just had to buy them, and they are amazing, wonderful. But you can see we have little hints on the screen in picture form, so you can just get revelation just by looking at it, if you're a revelatory person. The kernel of the end and the beginning without the shell of time. That's why peanut butter is so delicious. All right, all right. So that's what it kind of looks like all together. So going into the past, future, south and north, or you could say loving kindness and judgment, you know, mercy which triumphs over judgment. And that also brings new revelation to, you know, like queen of the south, when it talks about the north wind, the west winds, 
all those things when you're reading Enoch, you can get fresh revelation in there. And in the Bible, what kind of portals are open for what kind of judgments, good or bad. Some coming from a specific direction in the book of Enoch, and out of that one direction there are multiple portals. And some of them open for blessing and other others open for curse. Same thing with the light of the sun of righteousness. The sun light is a curse to the wicked, but a blessing to the righteous. The same thing with the moonlight. It's a um, it's darkness to the sinner, but it's light to the believer, to the righteous. And then again, there's good and evil. So when you're talking about knowledge of good and evil, there's cause and effect. And that's just generically good and then to evil. It doesn't mean that the earth is always going to be evil. It just means that the old earth is going to be rolled up and put away. And there will be a new earth. So instead of things starting off good in heaven, by the time it gets down to the earth, it's evil and corrupted and messed up. It's going to be on earth as it is in the high heavens. Not the messed up second heavens. The second heavens is going to be completely conquered. And the enemy thrown down into the earth. And then the old earth thrown into the abyss. Along with all those who cling to it. Then letters standing in the air soar holy name of twelve letters. For that name rules the atmosphere. This is the name by which Elijah flew until he ascended to heaven. Corresponding to what Obadiah said to Elijah. The spirit of YHVH will carry you. 1 Kings 18.12 For by this name Elijah flew through the air, and this is the name ruling the atmosphere. And then we have the Torah letters that flew away, and this is just a little preview. Remember the letters that stayed we talked about on the commandments when they came down? Ruth and Naomi stayed, but the letters that flew away from the tablets... At the golden calf sin, they lost Elimelech and Malon. And these are mysteries of wisdom. Because the first, the first set of tablets was a better set, but the second set... Well, you know how it went. Alright. And we talked about the same thing happening in the New Testament. That's why things have gone awry. But we're getting it restored, so what does that mean on Sapphire Stones? Naomi and Ruth stayed. So in the Old Testament tablets, Moses brought them down. And originally, it had Hakma and Bina and Lavav and Shekinah. And that's a full set. That's like, do this to remember me, angel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perfect uh, covenant and law, but it got messed up. Broke the first set. And even the set he was bringing down, then some of it flew away. We talked about that in the Wisdom of Moses. They have it recorded. Some of the letters flew away, which means part of that substance left. And so all they had was the letter of the law. And if you notice, what stayed was two feminine names. And then the, the male names are what left. That's the Hakma and uh, the Vav that flew away. And if you notice about the both of the Hays, they both lean left. So we've learned that Yasad or Shekinah, Shekinah, it leans a little bit left. So it's mostly harsh judgment. It's mostly more about judgment. So we're, there's a need for mercy. 
where it talks about in those days in the future that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the waters would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea and what are those waters it's mercy and loving kindness it's the restoration of the fullness of Torah in the earth so New Testament it came down perfectly we read in the in the book of Revelation the churches went all kinds of crazy Paul's letters said the same thing they had issues John's warnings it got really serious hey if this doesn't change stuff is going to happen it was basically like the new testament version of the golden calf idolatry and immorality that caused part of the new testament tablets to fly away the letters same thing so it's the restoration of hakma and vav which is wisdom and righteousness and that gives you a complete torah Amen. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. We bless your houses with that star of David in Bethlehem and the birthing of the Messiah through your hearts. Have a glorious Christmas, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of our beloved RLM TV community and honored guests, it is with a heart full of gratitude and excitement that I am before you today to discuss a matter of great importance one that transcends the boundaries of our individual lives and reaches into the very core of our collective mission as viewers and supporters of RLM TV. Today we come together not only as fans but as stewards of a divine calling, a calling to support the works of ministry and secure a home for our spiritual journey right here in the heart of Florida. As many of you are aware, the ministry we share through RLM TV is not confined to digital screens before us. It extends beyond reaching into the lives of those in need, offering solace to the weary and spreading the message of love and compassion to all corners of our digital community. It is a ministry fueled by faith, compassion, and a deep-seated commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Our vision is clear, our mission resolute, and the path ahead very promising. Yet to achieve the great heights we envision, we must confront the practical realities that come with the responsibility of sustaining and expanding our ministry through RLM TV. Today I stand before you to speak about the need for us to join hands and hearts in taking up support and offerings, not merely as an obligation, but as an opportunity to invest in the divine work we are collectively undertaking. First and foremost, let us reflect on the significance of supporting RLM TV. Support is not merely a financial transaction. It is a sacred act of obedience, trust, and gratitude. By giving our support, we express our faith in the divine providence that guides and sustains us. It is a way for us to acknowledge the blessings bestowed upon us and to share those blessings with others. When we support, we actively participate in the continuation of God's work through the powerful medium of RLM TV. Now as we consider the expansion of our ministry through RLM TV and the need for a permanent digital home here in Florida, let us view this as an exciting opportunity to sow seeds that will bear fruit for generations to come. Just as a farmer invests in fertile soil to yield a bountiful harvest, we too are called to invest in the digital soil of our community, providing a stable and nurturing environment for the growth of our spiritual family. The acquisition of resources is not a mere transaction. It is an investment in the future of our ministry through RLM TV. It is a commitment to create a space where lives will be transformed, where people will find refuge in times of trouble, 
and where the light of our shared faith will shine brightly for all to see on the screens that connect us. I understand that each of us has unique circumstances and the level of contribution may vary. However, let us remember that it is not the size of the offering that matters most, but the spirit with which it is given. Whether our gift is large or small, let it be a reflection of our dedication to the work of the divine through RLM TV. As we embark on this journey together, let us be inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.7 May our collective support overflow with joy and purpose. May our contributions be a testament to our commitment to the works of ministry through RLM TV and the establishment of a spiritual home in this beautiful part of God's creation. Together, let us build a legacy that will endure, a legacy that speaks not only of our faith, but of the boundless love that unites us all. Thank you, and may God bless each and every one of you abundantly as we embark on this sacred journey together through RLM TV. Amen.